right. Three, My phone two, keeps one. ringing. I don't know I'm trying to stop. <laughs> God damn it. Really not happy. Sorry. I'm going to turn off my Well, Well, just relax. Don't, don't get yourself into a stress-induced situation. My whole life right now. Okay, go ahead. Let's do it. My phone is right, Three, two, one. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Hoop Collective Podcast. It's Thursday. We talk about the NBA. Um, McMahon and I are tired. I haven't introduced McMahon yet, but I'm just telling you right now, we're tired. We need this time off. It's been a rough go. Jackie's recovering from injury. And Andrew Hahn is recovering from his um, taste test on the Red Bull. Jackie, Jackie, I got trapped in Canada last week. No, oh, in Toronto. So uh, I, uh, the the Cavs won game two, and then I had to stay late because we did the jump on uh, Friday. And as I was going to the airport on the train, um, I got a text that my flight was canceled. And I didn't understand why because it was a beautiful, uh, uh, cloudless day, but there was very high winds. Oh. And I, I, I couldn't make another flight. There was no other flights for me to switch to, so I just got a car started driving to Cleveland from Toronto, I couldn't get out of Canada. I couldn't get out of that land mass. And I was stuck. Just had to pull over on the side of the road and wait. Wait for the bridge to open. Nothing. I, I mean, there was reroute opportunities, which I tried, but trees were down. I got stuck. I got stuck in Canada. And the crazy thing is, when you're in, like, Hamilton, Ontario, you're only, as a crow flies, 30 miles from Cleveland. It was, it was, it was, it was, a, it was a rough night. A rough I'm night. Sorry. Not to mention the series is rough. <laughs> oh yes, I thank I, God it was over when it was over. Man, I'll tell you, boy, was I wrong. I have never been so wrong as I was about the Toronto Raptors. I, I couldn't have been any more wrong. Brian, can we can we get an introduction before? Uh... Oh yes, yes. Before it gets too out of control, <laughs> I already opened. I already opened the show, but let me give you the cast of characters in Los Angeles. Red Bull aficionado Andrew the Han. Hello. Is running the dial in Massachusetts, where she will be giving a commencement speech at a university this weekend. We won't say which university because we don't want any people crashing the party. We'll wait till after Jackie, and we'll hear about your honorary degree after you give the address. I don't want to apply any more pressure to you. Yeah, it's Jackie you. Mack. Jackie McMullen is back with us this week, and in Dallas, in a rest stop before the Western Conference Finals. Is Ban McMahon. He's Ban McMahon, Ban McMahon. He's the fattest dude in all the land. You got Texas blood as thick as mud. He's Ban McMahon. Howdy, partners. Boy. All right. Let's talk. Let, let's start with last night because the Celtics won. Jackie, uh, throughout this uh, series, people kept saying, well, I can't believe the Celtics are winning because Philadelphia is better, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I don't think Philadelphia is better. And I think that bore itself out. I think Boston was – this was not just some fluke because Philly kept tripping over itself, which they did. I just think Boston's flat out clearly the better team. They were the better team 
I don't know if, it, if I don't know if they were four one better. Obviously, Philly, you know, gave away a game and a half or something like that. But Boston is the better team. Boston is is rightfully in the conference finals without question. Wait, Brian, is Boston the more talented team? Uh, I'm not ruling that. Out. I'm not ruling that out either, frankly. Yeah. See, here's the thing. They keep losing people, so it's, it boggles the mind, right? It boggles the mind that you can keep. And, and, and again, we're talking about people. Forget. It. I mean, Gordon Hayward. That that was a. I don't even count that. You know, losing Kyrie Irving. I was one of the people that said, "Oh, that's too bad." They they could have had a nice run because the East is wide open, but not now. And I was wrong again. I've been wrong a lot lately uh, because Rozier has given them similar. Numbers. I, I can't believe I'm saying that out loud. Now his road um, and at home numbers are his splits aren't that great, you know, and that's true of, of so many young players, and not true we know of Kyrie. Uh, but it's these young players. People are looking at them and thinking, well, they're young and they haven't been there, but they're so good, and they're going to be good for a very long time. And Jason Tatum, I, I'm not saying he should win Rookie of the Year. He he shouldn't. Um, the other two guys during the regular season were far and above better, but he might be end up being the best one of the three of them. And you see that every single night now. And Jalen Brown is, again, blossoming before us. So it's not like these guys are getting lucky or having a hot streak. You're watching elite talent emerge on a big stage. That's the best way I can describe it. Yeah, Brown and, Brown and Tatum are, are bona fide stars that are blossoming. There's no question about that. And then Rozier, he is a, I don't know, there's obviously a lot of really good point guards in the league, but he's proven himself to legitimately be at least a high-quality starting point guard. And that's the surprise. I mean, you, mm-hmm. knew, you knew Brown was a talent. You knew Tatum was a talent. I mean, they're, they're top three picks. Now, this fast, this you know, to, to, to be doing it on this stage this soon, okay, maybe that's a little surprising, but... I don't think anybody saw Rozier coming in and, and being this good in this playoff run. Yeah, and, and it's interesting because he's um, – I know Andrew Hahn hates when we do this, but we're gonna, I'm going to do it again. <laughs> we, what, what we're, we've just finished a series, and he wants us to talk about the actual series, but don't the Celtics have an interesting problem on their hands here, okay? Mm-hmm. Who's your starting lineup? Who's your starting lineup next year? It's Gordon Hayward. It's Kyrie Irving. It's Al Horford. It's Jalen Brown. And it's Jason Tatum. It's not probably Terry Rozier. You've got Marcus Smart up as an unrestricted. We've talked before about him. We don't need to get into that all over again. Is there a market for him? But you can't keep Marcus and Terry Rozier. And they're very different in what they bring to the team. But now all of a sudden, Terry Rozier, to your point, Tim, could be a starter a lot of places. You're going to end up two years from now having to pay him, too. And how many of these guys can you pay? And where do you make a decision to move on and get something in return and all these interesting questions. Yeah, I wonder how Kawhi is going to fit next year. Pardon me? <laughs> I said, I wonder how Kawhi is going to fit with the Celtics next year. I know. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Jackie, yeah. how much money do the Celtics owners have? I mean, how, 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 how much, how willing are they to be a taxpayer? Cause it's, I know it's a, it's a complicated ownership structure, right? It um, is. Somewhat. Like Wick, Wick Grusbeck. 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 Yeah. He's, he, he's the governor, but he he doesn't he doesn't own a large like he's not like a fifty one percent owner. He owns a, a, just a sliver of the team, and there's a, there's a, a bunch of minority owners. So, um, well, but the owner the the biggest payer is his dad, Irv Grosbeck, who 
put down most of the money, but has nothing to do with this team. I'm not sure I've ever seen him at a game. So Rick, Wick is really the one in charge. And he is the one holding the purse strings because they're his dad's purse strings. And he is the face and he is the one that makes all the major decisions. So I think they're willing to go into luxury tax. But but I talked to I talked a lot to people around the Celtics and around the league about Marcus Smart. And, you know, I was thinking, well, if Marcus Smart was willing to take a let's say let's say Sacramento, for argument's sake, or another team that isn't, you know, quite Mm -hmm. good. And they offer him fourteen million a year. Let's just say, okay. And the Celtics say we can't pay you that because we got you know these issues. But we'll pay you twelve. My question to them was, will Marcus Smart take it? Because they're contending. He's a cult hero here in town. It's the perfect fit for him. And to a man, every one of them said, "Hell no, he's going for the money." And I don't blame Marcus Smart. And I've never asked Marcus Smart. In fairness to him, I've never asked him this question that I'm now espousing to you guys. But that's the impression I get. And you can't blame young guys who want to go out to the highest bidder and want to be a starter. Marcus Smart thinks he should be a starter, and he's not going to be one in Boston for many years to come. So the Boston Celtics, according to my super secret leaked NBA accounting documents that I got from last year, which I'll never get again, Mm -hmm. and I will never – reveal the source nor will i ever give these documents to anybody else i've had so many people come and ask them for me um but anyway um so these will get out of date fast but um last year you want to guess jackie do you want to guess the boston celtics were the sixth highest earning this is this is net net this is after all expenses and everything you want to guess how much in the black the boston celtics were they were the sixth highest earning team not much, I don't think. They don't own the building. I can't imagine how much money they made. This is after they share with their teammates or their, uh, you know, uh, their team. shareholders. Yeah, revenue sharing, yeah. Um, $39.4 million profit last year, Boston Celtics. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, the Utah Jazz were seventh, uh, Tim McMahon, at $34 million. Mm-hmm. Don't cry. Don't cry for the Jazz. Don't, um, don't cry for the small market Jazz. But let me just say, in general, Jackie, you are correct. The, the Milwaukee Bucks out-of-date arena had more net arena revenue than the celtics last year yeah. and, and and this is and this is an ex- a great example so you know you want to know why the um the clippers want a new arena they, they want their own arena um the lakers and the clippers played the exact same amount of games actually the clippers played more games because they had playoff games last year but the clippers and the lakers obviously it's they both play in the same arena uh, same structure everything like that the, the lakers made 23 million dollars more in uh, arena revenue than the Lakers did last year, which is why the Clippers. You mean the Clippers did? I'm sorry. What did I say? You said, yeah, the Lakers made 23 more than the Clippers. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So uh, yes, the new Orleans Pelicans make more money from their arena than the Celtics do. Yeah. I would. This is shocking. All right. Andrew Hahn wants to move out of accounting discussions, but my point is, my point is where do the Celtics draw the line at how much money they can pay to keep this team together because Kyrie Irving is a year away from wanting an extension. They're going to have to pay, uh, Marcus smart, I believe. And you have Terry Rozier. Um, is this Celtics team going to be the team we see going forward or is this, or they, or the owner is going to say, Hey, we're not going to, we're not going to go into the red here because I think if they paid all these guys, they'd be headed. They'd be headed for break even, even though they're they're even though they're at 40 million in the black right now, there's a lot of money right, that they're right. outlaying. Well, I, that's why I don't think they're going to pay Marcus Smart. 
I understand why they won't pay him 14 million though, or 16 million or whatever it is he's going to ask for. Because to your point, they have a salary structure they have to worry about. And, you know, they've got Terry Rozier now that they're going to have to make a decision on in the next couple of years. Well, I was going to say, especially if, if Rozier's a, a guard coming off the bench, like you can only have so many guys who are getting major minutes coming off the bench. Right. Uh, but Smart can, Smart can play multiple positions. You know, he can guard. Like he was guarding Giannis Antetokounmpo. Sometimes, yeah. you know, he, he can guard all sorts of people. He was guarding. Right. He'll get a so, lot of. He'll yeah. get a lot of time on LeBron, where obviously Rozier, right. you know, yeah. he, he's a he can guard one or two, but he ain't he ain't going up and guard the right. And I mean, those like, freaks. Terry doesn't make a ton of mistakes the way Marcus does, but he's not as versatile as Marcus. But he's better than Marcus, probably. More but you know what? You know what Terry Rozier has, Wendy, Hones, Cajones factor. Terry Rozier has been a Cajones factor revelation. During the playoffs, he has. He's been great. This is something that I wanted to ask you, McMahon, because I have a potentially controversial um, proposal. Ooh. And Ooh. given that you are the keeper of the Cajonis factor, I wanted to run this by you. Which which hatched because of Kyrie Irving. So exactly. it's interesting that, that yep. Terry Rozier has become such a Cajonis factor star. And so my question is: is what if? Danny Ainge has proven to be a, a ruthless executive in the past. Oh, yeah. What if they just decide that Terry Rozier, uh, his playoff performance is legitimate and they go big game hunting with Kyrie Irving's contract? Hey, if you could flip Ky- or, uh, Kyrie and, you know, I don't know what other assets for Kawhi, I'm doing that. Right. Well, I this- don't know. This has been discussed. This has been discussed yeah, quite no. a bit in the media here. Now, I mean, I mean, in the, among yeah. the fans and sports radio, I don't know if there's a kernel of truth to any of it. Well, I mean, well, I'm sure they're at least having conversations internally as far as you know what what would we do now? Where do you draw the line? If it, like, do, would you put in a, a Jalen Brown or a, or a Tatum? Uh, you know, or, you or do you put in that draft whoa, whoa, pick? Or do you put in Sacramento's draft pick from 2009? Yeah. Time out. Stop the clock. Time out. In addition to Kyrie Irving, is that what you're saying? Yeah. It's Kawhi freaking are you, Leonard. Are, are, you, are you out of your mind? Like, this what is I, one I, thing that Kawhi Leonard has one year left on his contract. And not only well, that. You have ahead. to do it with, with him basically wink, saying, wink. hey, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll it's make it be a wink. Term. Yeah, it's got to be a okay. wink, wink. Okay. Are you ready to wink, wink with, with Uncle Dennis? <laughs> are you prepared to do I that? I hear you. There are questions. Okay. Like, so here's the thing. Like, by the way, I don't think Kyrie is a great trade asset right now either because he's coming off a knee surgery. Another knee surgery. Um, and he has one year on his contract. So not only are you, you know, I mean, I assume he's going to be fine. By the way, we have another quote unquote, um, minor knee surgery. Oh, really? With Paul George? Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Um, that As was he's going a into free a, agency. Mm-hmm. That was a bit of a stunner. Um, we'll talk about that in a minute. But um, uh, you know, Kyrie Irving is not a great trade asset right now because of the contract and the injury. So How good of a trade asset that, is Gordon Hayward? Well, Gordon Hayward's under contract, and and also I have a good idea. You know, uh, that that injury is not a, you know a broken leg like that. Um, you know, while I'm expecting him to have a, 
recovery period, I mean, that's not a chronic injury. Um, okay, so you know, I'm just saying when, you know, as far as putting something together for a Kawhi, you know, maybe it's a Hayward. Because obviously but, you've got a, you've got a, you've got a, and it, maybe it's a Hayward even if it's not a Kawhi because. But uh, but it goes with, with but Brown. It goes, okay, but they've got a they've got a but, backlog of talent or a log game rather. It goes but, the same way. But like, <laughs> go ahead, Jackie. Well, but so are we convinced that Kawhi Leonard's all set? <laughs> Since we're talking no. about injury no, risk, no. Okay, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't remember who did this trade. I I can't remember who did this trade scenario. They were like, yeah, yeah, for Kawhi, you'd give Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, that wouldn't happen. No, they wouldn't do that. You're, no, wouldn't no do that. you're not. Like, both Kawhi, and this is why, I don't think Celtics are trading Kyrie. I, I Let's step back from that. But this is why the Spurs are in a, in a nasty-ass position. Because even if they reach the conclusion that they had to trade Kawhi, they're in a terribly leveraged position. And here's something else that I want to point out. Even if Kawhi was making, uh, you know, eyelash, you know, movements or in love, let's let's just, just so we don't open up aggregation, let's say Kawhi wanted to go to the Milwaukee Bucks and he said, Aggregate it. I want the Bucks more than anything. I've dreamed my entire life of being in Milwaukee. I want to eat your singer sausage. I love Summerfest. Bring me Miller Lite. I, I I have to be in Milwaukee. And he we went and said, send me to Milwaukee. And he was the Grand Marshal of the July Fourth Parade. Even if all that was true, he is not eligible to sign an extension after a trade for six months. So that means, let's say you trade for Kawhi on July fourth. Uh, you can't extend him until January fourth. I don't care if he's if he's making out with the mayor. Okay, you can't sign him for six months. Do you know how much can happen in six months in the NBA? You, you know, forget about any wink, wink deal. There is no wink. You can wink all you want. Um, that six months is you know what? What if the team? What if any team starts off poorly? Um. I mean, hell, every time LeBron changes teams, his team sucks for the first two months, um, you know, uh, even with LeBron on them. So uh, trading Kawhi is a miserable proposition for the Spurs. It's it's terrible. It's a terrible situation. So because of it, a team is just flat out not going to pay a premium package. You can forget about Boston giving up, you know, all this stuff. You can just forget about it. I just don't see it. And not only that, wink, wink deals, wink, wink deals are illegal. So you couldn't even have Kawhi come out at his press conference and put himself on the public record saying, oh, I intend to stay here the rest of my career, at least the next five years. That's something that just needs to be understood. Uh, can, can we steer this back towards the, the situation at hand, which is the playoffs? <laughs> people don't like the people don't care about the games on podcasts they care about this other stuff this is what they care about sorry Adrian. <laughs> they care about the Celtics arena revenue they can't by the way i would sign terry rosier to a contract extension this fall because this is the time to sign people to contract extensions because um the bidding isn't so high the question is whether mm-hmm. terry rosier would sign whether he would sign it hello no one is available to take your call Please leave a message after the tone. So let me tell you a story. So, you know, Andrew and I, we go to uh, 
you know, we get, we have a lot of meals and discuss strategy and plans when I'm out here in Los Angeles. And um, the other night we were walking to a restaurant and this guy walked up to us on the, on the street. And Andrew, I want to, I, I appreciate that you sort of moved in to try to protect me from him, but he was trying to sell us. I mean, I thought he might try to sell us like pot or, you know, meth or something like that. But he was trying to sell us some bogus snake oil pills for something. Um, and uh, I thought it was a little bit ridiculous because I'd never seen anybody try to sell like snake oil on the street. I think that's, you know, mostly um, done, uh, you know, in different for- on different formats. And you said to the guy, listen, man, uh, if I want that kind of stuff, I can go get it from your average gas station. And I thought that was a really good comeback because I felt like that put him down. Full disclosure, I stepped in just because you said you were going to pay for the meal and I didn't want to put that in jeopardy. Speaking speaking of that, um, I got really, really tired uh, that night and I forgot that I promised I was going to buy you dinner. I didn't mean to uh, welch, but I just was so tired that night I forgot when the check came. I know that's like very, I know that's a very convenient excuse, but I just forgot. So... I want to apologize, um, and I'd like to, I'd, you know, I, I, I sh- maybe I should offer to buy you some snake oil. But you, you said no. Um, you know, if I want that kind of stuff, I can just get it from a from a gas station. And I was like, no, Andrew Hahn, no, you don't buy. Uh, you know, when you need a supplement, you don't go on the street and you don't go to a gas station. Uh, where do you go? Uh, you go to forhims.com. Uh, which is one of our new sponsors that provides all kinds of uh, advice and um, products for men, uh, hair loss, uh, skin care, and naturally, what's important to all men that nobody wants to talk about, Andrew, of course, is sexual wellness. And or, why, or that, Andrew? Oh, yeah, yeah right. And wellness. why, Andrew, is forhims.com different than what you can get in the in the, on the street or in the gas station? I don't know, Brian. Why? Because when you go to forhims.com, you're going to talk to actual doctors when you when you need medical solutions, especially for hair loss, uh, and they are going to give you legitimate medical grade solutions. So that's what we at the Hoop Collective recommend. So to get a free trial month of Four Hims for just five bucks, you can do that. And you just go to the website, forhims.com slash collective. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash collective. Forhims.com slash collective. You know the thing that I didn't appreciate uh, when I was trying to intercede on your behalf with that dude is when you gave my full name out and you were trying to give my address and phone number and social security it's just like (laughs) inappropriate brian fortunately i have all of that memorized it (laughs) took me a while to get your social security number but uh yes but i I just think it's i just don't think we should walk on that street anymore Uh, i think is really what the moral of the story is because um we we took an uber to this restaurant at one point um and it's not that far away but there's but it's you know kind of difficult to get to, and so we took an Uber. And the Uber ride, unfortunately, um, I don't think the Uber driver had ever driven in downtown Los Angeles before, and so we ended up going like twelve blocks out of the way. So we ended up having to walk, and we ended up running into the snake oil salesman, and it reminded me of how important 
uh, for hymns can be, so you don't have to deal with that kind of stuff. So there you go. Wow. It's almost like we planned it that way just so we could talk <laughs> about it. We always, it's very important in our lives, Andrew, to always be uh, on the lookout and mining for hashtag content. <laughs> In this series coming up against the, against the Cavs, I can just tell you the biggest difference between the Pacers series and the, and the Raptors series for the Cavaliers was Kevin Love. Kevin Love was a dog in against the Pacers, and he was a stud against the Raptors after game one. The last three games, he averaged uh, 25 points and 11 rebounds and completely opened up the Cavs' offense, made them very potent. And the reason he was different is because the, the 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 Pacers have very versatile big men, big men who could who could switch on to other defenders, and big men who could handle playing both center and power forward. Um, Sabonis, Young, uh, Turner, they were very effective at defending Kevin Love. They played both big and small at the same time. The Raptors were not that flexible. They either had Valanciunas in there. Or they had to get creative. And as the series went along, they had to get more and more creative to the point where they didn't even start Valanciunas anymore, even though Valanciunas was a wrecking ball against the Cavs. And the Cavs were able to force Well, except for, except for that game where he missed six layups in two seconds. Sorry, I just well, can't that, believe that, that still. That's, that's true. Um, that was bad. That, and that game one, when the Raptors go back and look at what happened and why they couldn't win, is because of game one, because they couldn't make a bunny. But... What happened in that series was the Cavs figured out how to force the Raptors into switching, and the guys that the Raptors were switching with could not handle Kevin Love. The Celtics, on the other hand, <laughs> they love not, Horford. They love not only to... not only do they have a big versatile, not only do they have a big who's versatile in Al Horford, but if they switch their wings, if they um, switch on these screens um, with Corver, and they switch on these screens with uh, with LeBron. They have wings who can give Love more problems. So I think that the Celtics, uh, while they don't have the depth at that at that type of position like the like the Pacers do, I think the Celtics are much more equipped to defend the way the Cavs want to play offense. And therefore, I expect this to be a series where the Cavs at times struggle to score like they did against the Pacers. I think so. And, you know, the Celtics are predicated on switching. You've seen them enough to know that, Brian, right? They switch and they did it. You know, even in the Sixers series, Reddick gets hot. They're like, okay, why don't you have a little bit of Jason Tatum for a while? We'll put a big guy like Jason Tatum on you and chase you around. They don't have any qualms doing that and taking a little guy like Marcus Smart and having him guard Tristan Thompson or whoever. You know, they don't have any qualms. Hell, Marcus Smart can fight Kevin Love. Oh, and he'll enjoy it. And he yeah. will enjoy it. He will enjoy it. So I think it's a fair point. The, I do, you know, I, at some point though, at some point, I have to believe the attrition of all these injuries catch up to the Celtics because Jalen Brown is nowhere near a hundred percent. He's just not. And I know he looked great last night, but he, if you watch him closely, he's still not moving the way he needs to. And he's going to have to guard a lot of LeBron, right? A lot of LeBron. Well, and I, Shane, I, I, I don't Shane think, Larkin, I don't think. Larkin. 
I don't think you can stop LeBron. I think if you go back and look at the game plan that the Pacers put in, they let LeBron go off. They did not double team for the most part. And they just they wanted to make the uh, the the role players beat them, and it almost worked. That's, that's what the, I think. The, and that's what Boston will do. They, look at look at the numbers Giannis had. Look at the numbers Embiid had. They're like, yeah, fine. Let's get you know. Let's see if Ben Simmons hit a ten footer. That's how we're going to force you to beat us. Can we can we so, talk about how stunning this is for a second? About how the Pacers almost knocked LeBron out of the first round, and it was going to be this crazy hysteria about LeBron not advancing to the second round and now it's like oh i don't think the celtics have enough to to stop cleveland or anything like that it's like it's like 10 days in, in, that we reverse course that dramatic i mean has has anybody been watching the celtics it's not like guys are throwing in shots from half court if you watch them play they're playing their game <laughs> they're playing their game like this is who they are they get contributions from a lot of different guys um, they defend like you know, like banshees, and they get into close games. And Brad Stevens out executes the other team. Like this is who they are. This is who they've been all season long. They're and they, not and they, doing anything special. And they win with defense. And they're going to have one clunker every series because they can't shoot. Like last night in the first half, you're like, okay, here we go. Thirty three percent, thirty eight percent. You know, they 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 go through long stretches where they cannot score they cannot shoot but because they play the kind of defense they play and because they do a very good job of forcing you into the pace that they want they always even when they shoot poorly they're always in the game it's unbelievable really to watch yeah it feels like that there are just games where where, where marcus martin terry rozier can't hit a shot yeah and because Many, they don't because usually on the road because <laughs> Because they don't have the Kyrie safety net of the guy who you know he's going to get you twenty eight points no matter what. That's it, right? um, you know, they're, they're, that's there's that's where their variance is. But it also seems like even when they have those nights, like oh oh, Aaron Bades is hitting threes. Oh, right, um, right. Jason Tatum is eleven of sixteen in this game. Like, uh, um, I, I'm not like. I don't want to, I'm not saying not impressed is not the right word because I am impressed, but I'm not surprised. I'm like, yes, this is who the Celtics are. Um, they just, they create ways to do this. The only thing I'm going to say is, um, generally you believe that to knock off LeBron, you're going to have to do it with, you know, a knockout punch because it's going to take something amazing to do that. And I don't know if the Celtics have an extra gear. The Cavs always have this extra gear. That they can they they can put themselves into, and that that's what saved their backside in all these close games because they, when absolute push comes to shove, you know, Corver gets loose and hits a three, LeBron just puts his head down and goes to the basket. They have a little bit of upward flexibility, whereas the Celtics, um, I've compared them to like a, a race car in the past. Everything's got to be tuned just right. Um, and then when it's tuned just right, they're awesome. But, um, you know, they throw a gasket and they have a, tra- they, have, they have issues. So I absolutely think the Celtics are capable of being the Cavs. I don't expect it to happen. Um, but it, but is absolutely within their, with their grasp. Just a lot of things have to go right for them. Mm-hmm. I agree with all that. You know, it's funny last time I was on, and I know I haven't been on, I think for a couple of weeks, but I was burying J.R. Smith and then boy, talk about a resurrection, mm-hmm. huh? He's been unbelievable for them. When he's hitting shots like that and Corver's hitting shots and they become 
dangerous again. O- overnight, they became dangerous again. It's it's so funny to watch the wave of confidence of the team as a whole. I mean, obviously, LeBron's confidence never wavers. But we talked all about at the let's go all the way back to the trade they had to make. We all agreed that they had to you know mix up their lineup. And we were you know the first game out. Remember Clarkson and Wood and and Hood and all these guys. They're all world. How many of them have really? Hood, uh, George Hill has, but beyond him, like who's really been significant in what the Cavs have been doing among that group? They did. Robbie they didn't. Hood is, I mean, he's lost more money this year than anybody other than Nerlens Noel. Yeah. It is unbelievable. Yeah. He can't score. He's refusing to go in the game. I'll just tell you, there were some chuckles about that situation, uh, from some jazz players. He, uh, he, he's a, he's not a bad guy. But, like, he basically demanded his way out of Utah because he couldn't be the man because Donovan Mitchell obviously emerged. And now he can't even get in the game before garbage time. Then he's refusing to go in. What in the world? Not only that, but, you know, the guy that they put in his place, Jetty Osmond, like, played well. Yeah. He was, like, he was aggressive and he had a couple of hoops. Um, Yeah, Clarkson also has not, you know, the one thing about Clarkson, the guy always scored. Um Right, he'd always scored. You know, he you know he may he got toasted at the other end. He doesn't pass, mm-hmm. but my gosh, the guy always scored. Um, you know, he's he's one of the top three or four scorers off the bench in the league this year. And when he came to Cleveland, his scoring per game went down a little bit, but his shooting imp- improved. He shot forty percent from three point range after the trade. And so, like especially in that Pacers series, the Cavs are really counting on him to put the ball in the basket. When LeBron was on the bench, and he has just stopped scoring. I mean, he's made a couple of plays, but um, but that's he's confidence too, little... right, Brian? Don't you think that's confidence? He's a young player, and you know, I, I think, guess, I guess, you know, like J.R. Smith, he can run the, he can ride the Cavs roller coaster because he has been forever. But if you're Jordan Clarkson or like Larry Nance Jr., my goodness, I thought he was really going to help them, but well, Larry Nance was doing very well. He he strained his uh, he uh, he strained a hamstring in March and he missed some time and he really wasn't the same player when he came back. And then in this last series, the Cavs elected to go with Tristan and Kevin as their two centers. Right. Um, right. It's, it's possible depending on, on matchups, he could come back against the Celtics. I um, think he's the kind of player that could work. help them. He's the kind of player. I think that could help them in the Celtics series. Cause he can match some of the athleticism of Tatum, Tatum and Brown and some of those guys. I think he's going to play series. He's a really good defender. Um, he is. And I, I, I could even argue that he's probably – you could argue he might be the Cavs' best defender, um, even though they don't play him because they don't care about defense. But um, Right. right. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, so I, I, I think this is going to be a harder series. I expect Brad Stevens to try to take Kevin Love out of it because when, the, when they don't have Kevin Love going, the Cavs lose their margin for error. And right. uh, J.R., Jr. is is uh, hot and cold. I mean, he always has been, sure. always will be. He go he right. goes six of he he does not. I mean, the last two games of the, he in game three he does not make a basket. Now he was a, he was under the weather, I guess. And then in games four he goes six of six. That's Jr. Um, sat, well, I guess first game Sunday he could he could go six of eight or he could go one of eight. There's no way to predict it. Um, um, but, uh, you know, I expect, especially because LeBron needed rest, I expect LeBron to be ready to go. And the one thing I'll say, um, the, the Sixers looked a little shaky to put it kindly coming in to, uh, mm-hmm. coming into, to Boston. Um, the Cavs are not afraid of playing in TD garden. In fact, of 
Oh, they love it, yeah. I think LeBron's probably played more playoff games in TD Garden than most of the Celtics players. Um, and I know he's won a lot of games there. Yes, he um, has. They went, you know, I know it's not the same team, don't get me wrong, but um, the Cavs were 3-0 in TD Garden in the playoffs last year. Um, <laughs> LeBron, LeBron got his butt kicked the first two times against the Celtics, but he's won four series in a row against them. He is not going to be concerned about playing in that arena. And even if he plays a game, a poor game one, which he doesn't play bad games, he's not going to be worried about game two. Same with like, with like Toronto, like I, the, the Cavs have won some ungodly number of consecutive games in, uh, uh, you know, against the Raptors in, in Toronto in the playoffs. So you're, you're not going to, you're not going to think LeBron is worried about not having home court. He just, he doesn't care. He's just going to be like, okay, fine. I'll go in here and win my 15th playoff game in this arena. So that's, that's one factor. I thought the Celtics were, 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 were or I thought the, the Celtics, the Sixers were shaky, uh, obviously in game one and two, uh, in the environment. And I don't think that'll be the case with LeBron at least. Andrew, should we swing west now? Is that is that a, is that on your agenda? Is that okay? Uh, okay. McMahon, Western Conference Finals. What do you think? Uh, I think that the Rockets are going to win the series in seven games. Wow. Yeah, I think that you know, for all obviously, people are going to be talking about the 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 stars. CP3 and Harden, the the four all-stars for the Warriors. I think the two guys who are going to determine whether Houston can pull off when it's funny saying the 65 win top seed pulling off a, an upset when they have home court advantage. But I think the two guys who will determine whether Houston can pull off what would be considered an upset are PJ Tucker and Luke Mbamute. Those guys when when Daryl Moy talks about his obsession with the Warriors, obviously CP3 was about closing the talent gap. But Tucker and Mbamute, those signings were about having a chance to defend against the Warriors, about drastically improving the defense, about becoming this you know hyper-switchable defense, um, about having tough, versatile guys they could throw uh, at, at KD, at, you know, at, at Clay, uh, you know, even, even at Steph when they get switched. Um, and so those guys are going to have to be great. And when you look at the two Rockets wins against the Warriors, the huge bonus was they both shot the ball really well. And by the way, Tucker just shot the ball great to close out the Jazz. They're going to be on the floor a lot, so they've got to hit open shots because you know the Warriors uh, are, are going to be willing to give up some open looks to those guys. Clint Capella absolutely kicked your boy Gobert's backside in this series. <laughs> Not as bad as he whooped Carl Anthony Towns, but yeah, Capello's been unbelievable. He has been really good. Gobert, Gobert looked so strangely disconnected almost, I want to say. Well, I was Rubio, really disappointed. Rubio, Rubio's absence really hurt Rudy. Okay, and that then, makes sense. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, CP3, 
I killed him with a mid-range, you know, right. especially in, in in game four. And it's one of those things. Look, you know, does does Rudy come up and 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 give up dunks to Capella? Uh, you know, it's one of those things. And that's that's an element the Rockets didn't have last year. Last year, if you ran them off the three-point line and protected the rim, like San Antonio did, you know, they're going to have problems this year. You know, the CP3 will kill you. Uh, from the mid range, but yeah, Rubio's absence really did, and and it also put way too much on Donovan Mitchell's shoulders. You know, the, I mean, the guy was he had some spectacular moments, and certainly the third quarter in Game Five was unbelievable. It's a shame he couldn't finish that game. Was um, it really was? But yeah, Ru- what, Ru- what exactly Rubio's was that injury? Day. Did they say? I know he said he was. Like, it's it was it's like basically ank- the same. Yeah, it's the same thing that he did in game one against OKC. And, you know, it's been something that they've kind of been managing. But then he it's a it's a toe that uh, mm. that that, you know, hopefully it's just like a contusion. They don't think it's anything serious. It's something he's just, you know, he's going to need to be off his feet for a few weeks. And then they think he'll be fine. And of course, now he's got plenty of opportunity uh, to be off his feet for a few weeks. But, you know, getting back on Capella. It'll be interesting because the even though the the Rockets won that season series, if you look at his plus minus against the Warriors this year, it's really really bad. It's like minus eleven and change uh, per game. They were able to kind of play him off the floor sometimes, uh, going small. And so I I would anticipate. Obviously, you're going to see a lot of Hamptons five. I think you might even see it to start. But where Capella has made the biggest leap, I think this year. Uh, I mean, you look at the numbers, points, rebounds, everything's up. Where he's really made the biggest leap, and you especially saw it during these playoffs, is when he gets switched on the guards and he's defending on the perimeter, he has been absolutely spectacular. I mean, Donovan Mitchell's having trouble creating against him. Jimmy Butler, Andrew Wiggins, he he has been phenomenal. And so if, if that continues and he can stay on the floor when they're playing small, but when the Warriors are playing small, not get exposed. His 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 offensive rebounding, his finishing, he's going to give them some serious problems on the other end. Man, he blocked Donovan Mitchell a lot of times. Or yeah, and, shot and, 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 and that's man. not just that's not just help defense. That was one on one, able to move his feet and, and use his length and athleticism. I'm, I mean, Capella Capella was unreal defensively in that series. But that was also a young guy that I thought went to the hole a little too much sometimes. And I love Donovan Mitchell, and he was so fun to watch. But there were times where you're like, "Don't you don't need to be taking this guy on, you know?" Because and I felt that way a little bit in the Sixers Celtics series. Same thing when Tatum kept taking on Embiid. That sometimes that's just a mm-hmm. little bit of young bravado, right? So uh, I don't know that you'll see that. My question is always this: when I look at Golden State and Houston. There and I saw a little evidence of it here and there. I'm just not sure about James Harden. When it matters most in in a game, when everything is the pressure is coming on, I still need to be convinced that he's going to do what he needs to do and not resort to the one on one stuff that did him in last time. Well, I, I hear what you're saying, but you know the the one on one stuff. I mean, he's the best ISO player in the league. Yeah, when he is. At, when you when you look at the numbers, I mean, it's almost one point three points per possession, which is, I mean. <laughs> Right, you know, but, that, but Tim, that's, but Tim, that's that was probably that was probably true last year too. And then he gets into the playoffs, and it's things start to collapse. And that's when I, I just I watch him. Even the other night when CP three is going off, and it was just that was incredible, right? That little stretch mm-hmm. at the end of the game, I, I noticed like after the next basket, 
Hard's taking the ball. Like, okay, yeah, yeah, you're done, you know? And I'd still worry about that a little bit if I'm Houston. I, Harden's the one I'm looking at. I don't worry about Chris Paul because this idea that Chris Paul never got to the conference finals, go back and look at the numbers. Most of the time yeah. it wasn't because of him. That was always, to me, a phony narrative. But I'm I'm just interested to see when Draymond Green starts going after Harden and starts putting his head. Because, I, you know, Tim, I, my lasting impression, and this isn't fair, because I voted for James Harden as MVP, VP, and he's, he's an incredibly talented guy. But I was in the garden that night when Marcus Smart coached him into not one, but two yeah. offensive fouls to blow that game. I can't get that, that vision out of my head. I just can't. Well, look, there, I, I don't think there's any question that there's, is, there's probably more pressure on James Harden's shoulders right now than any other player in the playoffs. All the Warriors, you know, they're, they're, they're made men. Le- LeBron's a, a made man. You know, the Celtics are playing uh, house money. With, with house money, absolutely. Right. Uh, Chris Paul, uh, you know, the, the, the narrative would never been no conference finals. Well, the dude went for 41-10 and 10 with no turnovers to close out uh, exactly. The, the exactly. second round, and, and you know, banking so, in three pointers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just was just absolutely spectacular, and and really was spectacular in, in the last two games of that series, but especially to close it out. Um, and and you know, it's, and as he told me on, on the way out of the arena, it, it's not like he's celebrating getting to the conference finals. You know, as he put it, who who plays just for that? You know, we we've, we've got eight wins to go, so I mean, he still is. You know, right there with Harden, but I think at this point, if if the Rockets don't break through, I I, I agree that it, it's probably going to come down on Harden. Even though you know he he's been to a Finals with the Thunder, but he was awful. Yeah, he's really bad. The Thunder, yeah. Brian, yeah. Uh, you're you're not with McMahon. You're you're not rolling with the Rockets in this one, are you? Nope. <laughs> the thing I can't reconcile and like. Houston has been so good this season and through the playoffs, and I feel like most seasons uh, the Rockets are more than qualified to be a championship team. But that Hamptons 5 lineup has only played like 130 minutes or something like that all season, and they've just absolutely destroyed people. It feels like we don't, because the Warriors have been good for so long, it's kind of eluded our our consciousness exactly how good that specific lineup is and they're going to get a lot of run but but is that specific obviously that lineup's good for a lot of reasons doesn't need to be in in relatively small doses no it's just they've had so many injuries this year so many significant injuries for not long bits of time but grant missed time obviously steph missed quite a bit of time so i my big concern about them was early you know, like, can they get it all back together in time? And they have. They have without much of a blip. Well, the I like the Warriors, is, too. I like the Warriors, Dray- too. Draymond just did not have a good year this year. Um, his, you know, his shoulder was bothering him. He couldn't shoot. You know, his defense slid back. It slid back. You know, but, you know, let's let's stop you there. It slid back from extraordinary to very, very, very good. Fair. Fair. You know? Fair. Fair. But now he's back. Draymond. And then it took to me... Draymond is the turnkey that accelerates the Warriors from great to white hot. And, you know, I, I'm just, I just believe in margin for error. I just, that's just, a, you know, being around the NBA, I just, that's what I believe in. How, what, what, what can you get away with and still win? And uh, I just think that the Warriors margin for error 
it's just so hard to beat them four out of seven. It's just so hard. And, um, you know, I, 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 I'm just very impressed with them. And I think we could, I think we could end up with Cavs and Warriors again. And, uh, with the, with the gap even being wider than it was a year ago. And, uh, the rest of everything that happened could be lots of sound and fury signifying nothing. Um, we obviously have to get there. Um, I, I'm so impressed with Capella. I'm so, 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 so impressed with him. And he I just don't has know what- to be, he has to be spectacular again in this series. He's just outplayed Carl Anthony Towns. He's just outplayed Rudy Gobert. He has to outplay Draymond Green for the Rockets to have a chance to pull off what I, what is an upset. Yeah, I mean, look, I am predicting a, an upset. I'm, I'm in the, I certainly recognize I'm going to be in the minority here. Um, but like I said, I, I, I think that, uh, as much as it's about James Harden CP3, it's about Capella and it's about the, the role players that they signed this summer. Well, uh, I want to know who Nick Friedel's picking. Nick Friedel was the only, I do not participate in the picks, but, uh, mm-hmm. Nick Friedel was the only guy in the ESPN picks to pick Boston and Cleveland to win this last round. Uh, who's he picking? That's what I want to know. I don't do the um, picks either, Brian. I have followed your lead on that. Of course, I had the excuse of being on the DL, but I like it, and I'm going to stay on the DL permanently when it comes to picking. <laughs> yeah. Um, Bunch of cowards. But, <laughs> no, it's just – I just don't – I never have liked it. I've never eh, – anyway – um, McMahon, how has uh, Houston's atmosphere been at these playoff games? Crappy. Look, it's a, they, they have. Oh the no, really? Home, ah. They have the worst home court advantage of the of the good teams in the league. It's an oil and gas crowd. Now, Houston traffic's brutal, and you know because I posted a, a shot from a before tip off uh, game three in Utah, and it's packed, and they've got the whole like everybody's wearing the t shirts. There's that whole. Uh, you know, Utah city thing where they've got like red, yellow, orange, whatever. And I posted it and said, you know, jazz fans are just a little bit more punctual than Rockets fans, taking a little jab at Rockets fans. And so Rockets fans, and I, I, I got all kinds of Utah nightlife stuff, nothing doing Salt Lake city. And then I got a bunch of whining about Houston traffic. There was no Houston traffic for a two thirty Sunday tip for game one. And there was still a ton of empty seats in the uh, in the lower bowl for tip off and and some people sometimes they just don't show up. I'm telling you, man, the, these oil and gas companies they buy they buy and the tickets cost a hell of a lot of money, but they got all kinds of money. And it's like, eh, if they don't feel like entertaining clients that day, they won't even show up for playoff games sometimes. Uh, that's a bummer. Now I will say this: the Rockets dance cam is probably <laughs> top five in the league, and and certainly I, I would say the biggest mismatch in that series was. Uh, Houston dance cam versus Utah dance cam. There's some, there's some high level booty shaking going on at H. <laughs> oh boy. Um, okay. Yeah. So that's the thing. Um, you know, Boston has a great home environment, uh, but LeBron is immune to it. He doesn't care. The Cavs have a good home environment, but they have LeBron. So that's <laughs> just, that's what overwhelms it. Uh, the Warriors fans wore yellow shirts. Um, and they play in the yellow court. <laughs> hey, the um, Jazz wore yellow. They had yellow shirts for Game Four and lost at home. So you're. I never. I, I never said that. It was, no, I never said that um, it guaranteed victory. I said it was worth. It was worth three points a game. Okay. And and um, 
and maybe they would have lost by three more points had they not had the yellow shirts. Perhaps, perhaps. It's worth three points a game. And and because the Warriors' floor is yellow, I'll give them another half. It's worth three and a half points in Golden State. They start down three and a half to nothing. Um, yeah, so I, I think that, you know, I, I don't know. Like, uh, I don't like I don't think Golden State is 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 terrified of going. I, mean, I don't think Golden State is terrified no. of anything. But I don't think like I don't think they're like, oh, my God, we don't have home court advantage. I don't know how the hell we're going to survive getting a victory out of out of Houston. I think they know. You know that it's not the hardest place to play. It's a hard opponent, but they're going to have the hard yeah. opponent throughout the whole time. And, and look, obviously, I think for Houston having a home court advantage, the biggest deal there is that Game Seven wouldn't be at the Oracle, where it would obviously be just a ridiculous atmosphere. Right, but, that's and, fair. And, and, and look, Game, game Seven like at home, Rockets. what is it? Eighty percent. Eighty percent. If you get to Game Seven, I do think it makes a difference. Sorry. Yeah. And, but it's not like the Rockets are going to go in the Oracle and be like, "Oh my gosh, you know, we're we're just going to melt in the atmosphere." I mean, they won the the regular season opener there when CP3 couldn't even finish the game because of the knee that sidelined him for the next month. And look, that was a hell of an atmosphere. I mean, there's the ring ceremony and all that stuff. I mean, this is a Tillman Fertitta doing laps of celebration on the court. Yeah, this is a this is a veteran team. Um, you know, the, the one really young guy in the rotation is Capella, and, and, and even he's got a little playoff uh, seasoning. But Boy, you, know, you these are guys right aren't about melt that. In the atmosphere. You, you are right about that, McMahon. Um, there's a bunch of men playing in this series. <laughs> there is a bunch yeah. of grizzled ass. Uh, not, you know, that is a good point. <laughs> now, now, this is Rockets, not uh, Philly versus Boston. Yeah, the Rockets have precious little championship experience. You know, uh, Trevor Ariza. Is the is the one guy who, who's got a ring, but I mean these are guys who have, have been in a lot of playoff games. You're and, right, you know, the, and the Rockets have some tough dudes. Like PJ Tucker is a tough dude. Luke Mbamute is a, a tough guy. CP3 is an ornery little tough bleepity bleep. You could you you could go further with that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, this is this is uh, NBA basketball at its highest level. Um, we hope. It's what we wanted, um, you know, because it's what everybody because wanted, it, right? Because it's mm-hmm. one team that is absolutely at the top, is as good as of an NBA team has ever existed, and the other team has been completely engineered to beat them. Well, and, it's funny. Um, the thing that's just so funny to me too is that the numbers, right? Thirtieth in passing, right? Am I right, Tim? The Rockets yeah. thirty thirtieth yeah, in mean, passing, they're, they're, and they're Golden by State's far won, the biggest right? ISO team yeah. in the league. Yeah, you it's know, just so and, funny how they go about it. They go about it so differently, and they both are so successful. And yet, the similarities, the numbers don't, the numbers don't back up the similarities. They play completely differently. It's about creating space and letting James Harden and CP3 uh, attack off the dribble, and everything happens off that. You know, that's how their shooters get shots. That's how Capella gets dunks. And, uh, you know, even James and CP3, their threes come off of dribble, 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 step back. See, I think that's harder to pull off. That's harder to pull off in the playoffs, I think. I really do. Okay. Well, we're very excited about this. A week from now, we'll have a much better idea after a couple of games each. Hey, Royce, have you been getting sun baskets? I have. It's been this pleasant surprise where every now and then they just show up on our front porch and it's this big, awesome cardboard box. And uh, 
my wife will send me a lot of times I'll be on the road and she'll send me a text and be like, man, this is, this is sweet. I just got dinner taken care of for me for the week because that's her, that's one of her greatest struggles when I'm traveling is that like, ah, crap, I have to, uh, I have to cook dinner. (laughs) Uh, Your lovely wife and her home dinner plans is very interesting. I want to get back to that, but I also just thought of something where I don't know the answer. So I'm going to solicit your advice. Is it, do I say that you got your sun baskets or is it a sun basket basket? That's a good question. That's actually like, it's a really existential question that I don't know the answer to. So, uh, back to your, while, while, while we sort that out, listeners, Let's ponder that. Yeah, at Royce Young, at Andrew Lahan, let, let us know, is it sun baskets or sun basket baskets? Um, yeah. What, what kind of meals has, uh, has your wife been sharing with you? Uh, well, I was home for the other day, and we had um, – it was like a turkey, black bean, avocado, some kind of bowl, like, you know, like kind of like a like a chipotle type bowl, you know? Okay. like, And it was like – it was literally like out, absolutely outstanding. And the – and I'm – and I know like I sound like a total sunbasket stand at this point, which is funny because like as of like three months ago, I'd never had one before and never even really heard of it. And now it's like <laughs> I'm a sunbasket stand. But – she was like, I'm going to make us lunch real quick. And I was like, okay, cool. And like, I was, I was actually legitimately, this is like a hundred percent honesty, shocked and how quickly that was put together. Cause I, I figured it'd be like, oh, okay, like, you know, I'll be eating lunch. She's got to go cook my lunch. It'll be 30 minutes. And it was, it was done and ready in like 10 minutes. Uh, do, are we, so you're giving credit to Sunbasket for that, not your wife? Uh, oh yeah, I guess I could. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I, I mean, Sunbasket's great and all, but let me clarify. <laughs> score points there. Do you know which which package you guys have been getting? Because I know that there's like several different kinds. Yeah, um, there's paleo, there's gluten-free, lean and clean, vegan, Mediterranean, family options, and more. I honestly don't know which one they were. I'm thinking that the last one we got was probably uh, maybe Mediterranean? I don't know what that would have been. I don't know. I don't know what else was in it, but... Uh, we, we just had the one. I just – she probably cooked uh, one or two of them while I've been gone. But um, maybe we should have her on to do the ad read. I, I mean has there been anything that you've had from some basket that you're just like, you know what? This is this is not great. I thought it was actually going to be really – I was so excited about it. But I, I think it was more my personal preference. It was like a uh, it was like a rice and something with like mole. Isn't that how you say it? Mole? Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't like mole. It's official. It's like chocolate. It's like weird. I don't think that that's. I, I didn't like that that much. Um, now go back and do it again. Where you're like, I love mole. Mole is my favorite thing. <laughs> Every single thing that some basket sends is amazing. <laughs> I've never disliked anything that I've gotten. I eat it all, and I'm excited to eat it, especially when I get the mole ones. <laughs> mole is my favorite. Go to sunbasket.com slash hoop today to learn more and get $35 off your first order. That's sunbasket.com slash hoop, H-O-O-P, for $35 off, sunbasket.com slash hoop. quick uh i was pretty damn alarmed at paul george having knee surgery yesterday yeah is anybody else yeah is anybody else alarmed surprising makes you wonder if 
it's more likely that he stays in OKC now. Do you did you get that impression? Well, I'm going to say this: like, there, there, there's two huge factors here that I think need to be addressed. Number one is would Paul George be comfortable going to Los Angeles if he wasn't getting LeBron or Player X to go with him? In other words, is Paul George ready to go there and say, I am the face of the Los Angeles Lakers franchise, when adding him maybe makes them a playoff team but certainly doesn't make them a championship team? Like, Is he ready to, is he ready to go out there and say, I am the Kobe Bryant replacement? Here, here we go. Like, I just don't know. I think if he, if he can you go do know. LeBron, Wait a minute. Brian, you do know. You do okay. know. Don't you? That's, that's, that's question number one. Question number two is, let's not forget that the Oklahoma City Thunder can offer the fifth year, which is 40-some million dollars. And uh, Paul George has not had a problem in the past of asking for a trade. Mm-hmm. And if he signs and all of a sudden things go south, he could always – like that fifth year, especially now we've got a guy who's having knee surgery and um, – there is no such thing as minor knee surgery. It's only minor knee surgery if it's somebody else's knee. Um, and yet again, we see another press release that says, oh, he'll be back to regular basketball activities by 68 weeks. Oh, really? Just You go back to basketball activities. Yeah, you go back to basketball activities after 68 weeks. I remember talking to Joe Kim Noah about this. Now, he's since had a lot of problems with that knee, but he had one of these surgeries where he was a quote-unquote cleanup. Everything's fine. And I remember him saying, "There's, you know, I am now a person who has a knee, you know, who has this knee. Like, this, the rest of my career is going to be defined about how I take care of this knee. So that made my eyebrows go up yesterday and you know i don't know the medical situation i'm not an orthopedic surgeon blah 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 but i, I went like, to college huh. for eight years yeah there you go <laughs> <laughs> yeah you went to college for eight years and let me ask you this would you take an extra 40 million dollar contract did you learn that 40 million on your contract i know i would <laughs> yeah um, i'll take an extra forty thousand. i can't wait to see what oklahoma city does truly what are they going to do? Boy, they're going to be a really expensive one-and-done team. I mean, the mellow, I, the mellow thing is oh such just an anchor on that franchise right now. Out of and the question to come off the bench. Can you believe that? I, Out boy, of the question. Well, you Whoa. know what? It, he, he's, he's following the Dwayne Wade uh, Get Me Out of Chicago playbook. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a, I, I think he's going to end up – Mellow's going to make $28 million next year. The question is, where is he going to play and how much is uh, – how much of that is the uh, are the Thunder going to have to pay? Yeah, you can't well, stay there. Can't stay like, there. Yeah, acting like acting like it's the role that was the reason he sucks. Like, come on, dude. Yeah, I, I loved I loved the Paul George trade, even with Oladipo having a tremendous year. I still think it was a great trade. I hated the Mellow trade. I hated the Mellow trade from the moment they did it. Um, yeah, and, and, and it's not what they gave up. It's that they're stuck with them now. And by the way, uh, the Rockets are fortunate that they didn't have to that, that they weren't successful getting them. Although Ryan Anderson's getting DNP CDs now, but the thing is, you can DNP CD Ryan Anderson. You can't you can't even sit mellow in the fourth quarter without it being a, a, a huge issue, as the Thunder a, found out in the playoffs. And so, so let me ask you, Tim. I I had heard this from a couple different people that the Rockets 
made a half-hearted attempt to get Mel making it look like they really wanted to get Mel to keep all their guys happy, but really never were hoping or wanting to get him. Do you believe that? Uh, no, I think they were in on it. I, I, I truly believe they, they tried to make it happen, but you know, they, they tried to make it happen without really offering anything, you know? Yeah. But here's the thing. They offered a guy and Ryan Anderson, who's a, who has a toxic contract who they can't trade anyway. Right. right. Like, well, so they didn't offer know. anything. That's sort of my point, guys. Yeah. That's sort of my point. You're I, making I, my I, point. I'll say this. Me. I'll say this. There was a time where they actually thought it was going to happen. Like they they thought they were going to be able to pull it off, and then it it, it obviously didn't uh, materialize. But yeah, I mean, they, it's not like they were, you know, if they could have done it with for Ryan Anderson and and not much else, they absolutely would have done it. And and again, for a time, they thought that was a possibility. Uh, all right, well, it'll be um, it'll be an interesting week. I look forward, Jackie, to seeing you hopefully in Boston. Oh yeah, keep your fingers crossed. I'm hoping. All right, all right. Um, It'll be another yet another. I, I do love Boston in the spring, Jackie. Um, so I'm oh, right now, forward. I'm telling you, Shea Boyle. We've got apple trees in bloom. Oh my goodness, so pretty. We got a beautiful little tree out front that my late uncle Douglas left me. I don't know what it is, but it's in bloom. I tell you, you should be up here. You should be up here. The hot tub um, is plugged in and running, oh, Brian. Okay, phenomenal. steaks on the grill, buddy. I'm just saying. I, Jackie, I'm not joking. I mean, if you saw the prices for Game Five, you would. You it is free. Believe it. We charge no start, money. Start to, just bring me a bottle of hotness gin, and you're in. Okay, that's all I ask. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know, uh, sometimes I've been known to take the uh, the water taxi in from the airport. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah, nice. Uh, in the spring in Boston, it's so lovely. Um, There's a water love taxi. A good, Oh yeah! In fact, there is. In fact, down there is. Traffic. It's quite nice, actually. Yes. Huh. Um, uh, won't be doing it this time because I'm arriving at midnight. But uh, um, there's I I've many uh, enjoyable Eastern Conference Finals in Boston, so I'm looking forward to it. And McMahon, you're our Western Conference correspondent. I look forward to all of your slaving into the night. God, I I left Game Five. At three forty-five a.m., I can't. Or game three, I can't. I'm, I'm getting too old for that, this. Game three, which one was that? Help that, me was out. The, that was LeBron's the, that was LeBron's buzzer. What, but, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we did an oral history. All right, that was good um, stuff. Mc, yeah, Mc, but that was fun. And I, that was fun to it, read. That, I like that. It, it it takes a lot of time to do that. Um, Tell me about it, dude. I just finished it, an oral it, history book. Are you kidding me? It took me two and a half years. I know. Oh, <laughs> Jackie. Oh my God, it's so much work. But I that like Dwayne Casey saying. You know, you can do little gems like Dwayne Casey saying, I wanted our guys to trap. And then OG Ananobi saying, nobody told me to trap. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, it's like, oh, boy. Oral history, very um, underrated. Very underrated, the oral history. Very a lot of work. A lot, a lot of work. work. But when you get it, and you guys nailed it. When, it, when, it's, when it's right, it's right, man. It flows. Oh. It's fantastic. Uh, all right. Well, Andrew Hahn, thank you very much for getting up early. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And I look f- – I- I wonder what we're going to be talking about in one week. Ooh, it could be a, could be Celtics 2-0. You never know. You never know. Could be interesting. Uh, right, thanks, for, thanks, thanks for listening to the Hoop Collective podcast. Mm-hmm.